Yo, what's up, everybody? My name is Anthony, and welcome to another edition of Spade the Podcast. Um, thank you to all my new subscribers, my current subscribers. Thank you, listeners, for uh, tuning in. Um, this month is a very special month. Um, I'm sure some of you have seen my promos of this is called April's Angels. So this month, I'm going to be posting weekly um, episodes on uh, that's focusing on anxiety and depression. So make sure you guys stay tuned and make sure y'all check. It's going to be a five-part series. So make sure y'all stay tuned and listen to each part. Each part is going to be 30, about 35 minutes each. So definitely y'all stay tuned because each part is going to be um, talking about different uh, topics. So make sure y'all listen to each part. Um, just in case, again, to my new listeners, subscribers and listeners, if y'all don't know what SPADE is, SPADE stands for Suicide, Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, Anxiety, Depression, and Epilepsy. I'm bringing awareness to the African-American community in regards to uh, mental health. So this is what this podcast is based on, um, mental health awareness. So this is going to be a, an exciting series, so make sure y'all stay tuned, and I hope you guys enjoy. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? My name is Anthony, and welcome to Spade the Podcast. Here I have some dynamic podcasters with me. And this series, um, before I introduce them to you, this series is going to be based on depression and anxiety. I've seen so many posts through my social media pages where people are struggling with depression and anxiety, especially during this time of. Um, COVID. And so I really want to dedicate this uh, whole month of April um, for this uh, season with uh, depression and anxiety. So I've got great podcasters here and going to introduce you guys to them. My first one that I'm going to introduce to you is Miss Felicia. What's going on, Felicia? How are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm doing well today. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm enjoying this warm weather that we're finally having. <laughs> yes. So tell everybody who you are and what your podcast is. Okay. I'm just, I'm going to wrap this up because I'm long-winded and I could talk all day. And then I'm a podcast, so I'm going to make sure I wrap it up. Um, Alicia, I'm from Galveston, Texas. I have a background in clinical mental health counseling. Nice. I am an advisor and a coach. Um, my podcast is called Falling and Flying with Felicia because we fall in life, but we also get up and fly. So I motivate and inspire in that way. Uh, I have had bouts of depression and anxiety and all of that. So uh, while the educational side is good, uh, I have experienced it myself and use my own techniques and all of that. Um, so yeah, I'm just so pro 
uh, mental health and education and all of that, especially for my Black brothers and sisters. Nice, nice. That's what's up. That is what's up. Well, thank you so much for joining me on Spade Podcast. <laughs> thank you for having me. No problem. <laughs> so now, next up, I've got Miss Chandra. What's going on with you? <laughs> I am well, thank you. Um, my name is Chandra. I'm also a licensed clinical social worker. Um, my podcast is the Chase Lounge Relationship and Dating Podcast, but I also have a co-host a, a second one that is for um, African-American women um, building a sisterhood and it's called Coffee with Cream. And nice. so one of the things that I am really um, encouraged by is sisterhood. I think that a lot of times we spend a lot of times tearing each other down and not right. picking each other up right. and supporting each other and pushing each other and elevating each other. And so one of the things, um, you know, I've had my own struggle with with uh, Black women throughout my entire life. And so my thing, though, mm-hmm. is that no matter what, when I walk in the room, that's who I seek out. And so I think that it's important for us to heal and move forward in that process. So that's Coffee with Cream. But my baby is the Chase Lounge, and that's the Relationship and Dating Podcast. And you find a lot of depression when people break up. And I find that that's when people struggle the most with depression. And so I think that this is a very needed topic um, because there's a lot of people trapped at home with people they didn't know. Yeah. They like, yeah. they thought they like, but they don't really like them. And right, so right. <laughs> when they really spend the amount of time that they've had to spend with them during these uh, last 12 months, they realize you ain't really who I thought you were. So, right. you know, the, and then domestic violence. So like this month of April is actually um, child abuse awareness month. And so, mm. well, in April, yes. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. So next up, I have Mr. Ruby. What's going on? <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? My name is Ruby. Uh, I have a background. I'm a prime marine for five years. I have a background as a licensed body piercer, and I'm a podcast host on a, of a, <laughs> of a podcast called Goldie's Room. Mm-hmm. And on that said podcast, I interview and I dive into the minds of uh, artists and creatives alike. Like uh, people like Three Fifty Hancho, Randy Ray, Matt nice. Miller, a lot of a lot of artists and producers, um, and I'm also a historical figure because I led a lot of I led a protest in my town during the whole uh, riots and all that. Mm-hmm. Where I was in contact with the the, um, the chief of police and all that, and a lot of protests from like it was pretty fascinating seeing like these black of people just like kind of like line up and just pro- we actually marched them down from this big parking lot. Mm-hmm. All the way down to like the police precinct was also a jail, and we like surrounded the jail. It was like really, really fascinating wow. and cool experience. And uh, so, yeah, that's a little bit about me and the nice. crash course. <laughs> nice. Well, welcome to my podcast. <laughs> thank you for being here. Thank you. On. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> no problem. So, last up, I have Mr. Ronnie. What's going on? <laughs> uh, nothing much, man. I'm, I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Uh, so, like you said, my name is Ronnie. I'm the host of a podcast called Project Paragon. Mm-hmm. Our baseline is like mental health originally, mm-hmm. but as I grow, I guess I'm kind of just an everything podcast. But my <laughs> the heart of it all was I just want to make pe- more Black men like myself feel comfortable. I always right. grew up with uh, the alternative personality. I was the nerd. I was just anime, the second third. My first like a uh, major, I guess, like diagnosed about a depression 
uh, really like made a sinker for me was I joined the military. I joined the Navy right out of high school mm-hmm. and going there, like seeing everything and leaving my family, like everything I knew, it mm-hmm. took me for a spiral, you know? So mm-hmm. I was separated from the military. I went home and I came home and it was like, I need to reconcile, you know, like what my life is becoming because clearly my plan is to go home where I thought it was. And my family's reaction was, ain't nothing wrong with you. You just ain't want to be there. And I'm like, well, damn. (laughs) So after that, I was like, man, we need to talk about this more. So, you know, I started with that. I went back to school. I went to school for psychology and sociology. Um, And I realized that in this new world, you don't really need a degree (laughs) to to do what you want to do. Right. But I did, when when I got out of the military, I did finish school. I have a degree in holistic nutrition. That was a horrible career. But anyway, so (laughs) I was like, you know what? I need to use the tools I have, use uh, the creative outlet I have. and just inspire people man i want to my goal ultimate goal in life is to travel and educate and learn all in the same but we all uh, work with you know fellow creatives uh small businesses mainly um black small business small businesses and content creators as well but we're, we're every man group but that's about it i'll get less awkward as we continue <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> but welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me, man. <laughs> no problem. So we are going to dive on in. And I want to ask you guys um, this uh, first question. So I'm actually going to start with uh, you, uh, Ruby. Oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> so can you speak about a time that you uh, dealt with depression and how you overcame it? I mean, that's a tough one in the sense of, um, I mean, hmm, to really pinpoint a time where I was like really depressed. I mean, I, I feel depressed a lot where I have uh, for a long period of time in my life where I dealt with really traumatic experience. Like I said, I was a Marine for a really long time. So oh, wow. depression is something that we... <clears throat> ignore almost you it know? becomes a part of the culture almost exactly it becomes a part of and he can speak for it so like if if you if we are a fire team and we go through mm-hmm. something and you go down that that's real sad i'm sorry mm-hmm. anthony you went down but we still have a mission to go off of so I, when i went to the marine corps um uh, a day after i graduated so i graduated on a uh, monday and mm-hmm. that tuesday i was already uh, in boot camp in san, uh, san diego you know, um, and it wasn't like I was scared or anything like that because the only reason why I joined wasn't um, was because I was an orphan or I was adopted. Long story short, and mm-hmm. when you t- asked me when the time I was depressed, it was, a, it was a long period of my time where I felt pretty mm-hmm. depressed or uh, like the black sheep or whatever. And I think it carved me in this 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 resilient individual that you see today. I guess you can say, and I right. guess I needed that to, be, to push me through something. So depression wasn't necessarily a, a word that I would use. It was more mm-hmm. like struggle or, or 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 getting through the mud of things. And that really was something that you should drive through, you know. Um, right. It's not like I don't know my parents or anything like that. Um, I was a pretty intelligent, gifted kid, I guess mm-hmm. you can say, but you wouldn't really know that because I was always like doing wild stuff or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, but I was never bad at anything. Rather, it was sports or drawing. So um, I never really knew I wanted to be in life ever. So <clears throat> what led me to becoming a Marine and dealing with real depression mm-hmm. or when I really started experiencing what I would call depression was like losing friends. I remember um, 
I, I was uh, I was part of this bike club and we had this one guy, his name was Preston. And mm-hmm. he was like 22. He was a local firefighter. He had he was married and he had mm-hmm. three kids, uh, two twin boys and a 12 year old daughter. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day we was out riding and it was like a large group of us. It was like at least 24 of us. And we we're out in North Carolina. And then um, um, so it was like a, a little intersection, I guess you can say. And as a car, I'm like, oh, I forgot you can see me. So <laughs> hold up. So <laughs> this way, a car was coming this way and it was an intersection. So this, this truck came across like blue and my buddy was in front. So two people moved out the way, but he couldn't move out the way fast enough. So his head tipped in and went to the wheel well and, and decapitated him. And he was killed oh instantly God. on the scene. So um, and I f- and it really messed me in a sense. Like I seen, I dealt with a lot of stuff at this point in time, but something right. about this really, really depressed me. And wow. uh, I wound up um, taking care of his family mm-hmm. and then living in his house for a little bit. I still carry his ashes to this day. Like they still hang up in my uh, my living room. Like, like mm-hmm. uh, it was, it was, that was, that was a real depressive moment for me. Cause I, I, I don't know, it was just some, a really freak accident that I wouldn't, yeah, yeah. that I couldn't comprehend. And it was this kid and I, I kind of almost had survival guilt within myself because I felt mm-hmm. like he was a real good person. Mm-hmm. And me at that time was, I, I don't know, I did a lot of wild mm-hmm. stuff. I just felt like he was, he was a firefighter, you know, he was just, he never really cussed. He was a cool country kid. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow. Mm. wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you were in the Marines, um, yeah. did you experience like PTSD? <sighs> They say so. I don't think so. Right. Uh, and the reason why I don't think so is because, you know, I think what made me become a Marine or why anyone comes a sailor or, or a soldier is almost like your life made you so. Like, I didn't never ever think about the service. I didn't think about going to a police officer or nothing. Mm-hmm. But then one day something clicked and I just felt like, you know, when you feel bigger than yourself, mm-hmm. like you feel a call you know so to speak and then I was like man I can't go to college I, but I feel like I'm going to do something what I'm going to do right. something's calling me out in the universe I don't know what I'm going to do I'm gonna, you get all like existential crises your hands get all sweaty you, you get all right. filled with anxiety and I was going from branch to branch and I was like man all right the Marines man all right that's the toughest they can that's the toughest that you can get you know that's the the truest true challenges you can get you know as, a, as, as in civilian life technically so i was like okay okay i've been i've been to the the, the trenches i've been in the hood i've been yelled at i've been beat up i've been in the fights that's camp is easy but then when you got into it and i really started really digging into stuff like that like i was like wow i was a hood kid that was supposed to go through the marine corps like i think all the hood kids are supposed to go to the marines honestly like mm-hmm. like because oh. you see you've been through the hood you know so all this extra right. stuff you're gonna get through it and then when you realize how strong you are, how strong you really are, like, like I was like, man, like I was in boot camp and I thought all these people liked me. I was like, oh, wow, all these people, my friends, they're going to write me. They're going to write me. You know, I had a girlfriend at the time. She's going to write me. She's going to write me. And I go weeks, go, go by. You ain't get no letters. You seen everybody else get stacks. You're like, hmm. Start feeling some type of way, you know? You're like, right, right. You know? And, and, and here I am. I'm like, man, all right. All right, I'm an orphan anyway. Man, all right, man. People ain't really messing with me no way. All right, cool. This is easy. And then I get to what really got me in boot camp was church. I was like, you start missing grandma and stuff. Y'all had church. You know, you're like, dang, I'm in the I'm in the clink. I'm in the joint. Like, like, like you are in, you are in 
the the Hunger Games. People don't understand so, that when you're in the military. Things, I always say that people don't realize the freedoms you give up to protect the freedoms of others. Right. You, your, your life technically isn't your own when you're in the military. Right. Oh, but wow. I became a man in the Marine Corps. Like, I became a yeah. man in service. I'm like, and it was, it's weird. Like, it's weird. Like, yeah. like I didn't have like a father figure, boo black American dad story on that one. But um, you really start seeing and feeling camaraderie, brotherhood, you know, you, like, yeah. like I was in, I was opening doors that I never thought was possible. Here I am working with Obama. Here I am uh, uh, seeing, seeing this, that, and the third. I'm like, wow. Right. Like, I heard, like you hear about the Freemasons, right? You'd be like, oh, you, t- you can YouTube the Freemasons. But here I am seeing people that's in the masonry, master right, masons. Right. I'm like, these people don't look too illuminati to me. They, hmm, right. they, they got some knowledge. Right, <laughs> the no, normal, the normal educated people. Right? Like right. in my in my, my line, there's a lot of them in the service, right, Ronnie? Yeah, there's a lot of them, and I was like, yeah. hmm, okay. But but the service to me was like the most culminating life experience ever. But what Ronnie was saying, how I related to him when he's talking about his intro, was when getting out. Mm-hmm. Then you start hearing words like depression. Yeah. Then you start hearing words like you need help, you know, yeah. or 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 um, resources or the <laughs> VA, you know, like the VA is a crooked system against you anyway. Like it's almost mm-hmm. hard to really take off that cape because yeah. I'll be honest you, with you, I'm a typical project baby. I never stepped foot in the VA. Once I was sep- once I once I was separated from the Navy, I mm-hmm. 100% chose civilian life. I, I wow. finished school and just lived civilian life. Wow. And and it's crazy that I okay, all right, hold up. I'm gonna be real with you. I never expected this conversation ever happen, never expected this at this mm-hmm. opportunity, never expected mm-hmm. to meet Ronnie. But the two things he just said that's crazy that this hits on all in the head for me mm-hmm. is I didn't I was totally not cool with help. But then I went to the VA and then not mm-hmm. only did I go to the VA, uh, I wanted to go into a psych ward for these same feelings that we're talking about today, which is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so I just want to jump in because I actually am a social worker for the army. And so um, one of the things that you guys are talking about, you do yourself a disservice by not going, um, Mm -hmm. you know, by not linking up because you did, you gave up all of those freedoms Mm -hmm. to, to protect us. Right. And so that Mm -hmm. means there, the job of the military is to make you whole again, whatever that means. And so that is why you need to be evaluated Mm -hmm. by the VA and get yourself back whole again, because mm-hmm. you owe that, you know, yeah. regardless to, you know, and that's, you know, I know you're going to get into this, but when we think about black pride and mm-hmm. we talk, we're talking about black men, men have a hard time with allowing their ego to get in the way of asking for and seeking help because of the stigma associated with being weak if you do so. Mm. Because that's what weak people do. That's what weak men do. Now, I know and that I'm, I'm from a different generation than than most of the panel. Um, and I know that it has, in your generation, Anthony, you guys are definitely more into the awareness of mm-hmm. mental health and, mm-hmm. and really preaching it and speaking it out. But I'm 45, and that is not something that people did. Yeah, or do it's, right. it's very much like this kind. And the generations before. You know, like your parents told you, Ronnie, when you got home, man, you just don't want to be there, right? Because right. we don't accept mental health as an issue. You go to the church, yep. you go to your your grandmama, mm-hmm. you go to your mm-hmm. uncle and them, you go mm-hmm. anywhere else, mm-hmm. but to the white folks mm-hmm. to help you get through what's exactly. going on with you. Man, that's the craziest part growing up too. Like I was like, 
because I was cool, like, like with my uh, with nature and stuff. You feel me? So I was, so it made the Marines even make more sense. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But like my dad was all like, man, that's gay. You out there playing in the woods with your friend? What y'all out there doing? Like, like, and I started like, and when I started like really experiencing different genres of music other than mm-hmm. hip hop, and I'm pretty sure we're all black here. We all know. Uh, when you start listening to rock and like when we were like mm-hmm. in middle school or whatever, that's some white boy stuff. I was always a white boy. I was always white. Like I was always yeah, I was white. always the mm-hmm. I was always the chocolate white boy. So I'm like, what the hell does that mean, bro? This is just how I talk. Or this is how I like. This is what I like. Like, why do I gotta like this or talk like this or walk like this because I'm black? That's weird. You feel me? Well, and and for myself, you know, even if I didn't I didn't necessarily experience that, but because of my complexion, because of the the texture of my hair. Um, my acceptance amongst black women has always been a struggle because, you know, she thinks she better than that. She thinks she stepped right, right, up. Right. She thinks she cute. She thinks she this, the, that, and the, the light skin, the good hair, com- you know, yeah. That and complex. so, you know, and, and I don't want to change your, your discussion, Anthony, but I just no, felt no, no, like no, no, I needed to good. say yeah. to, you know, the two gentlemen that have served that that's your right. You are owed that it is our job as. Yeah. But it's just, it's as, just on our end of it, you know, how do I say this? I mean, don't get me wrong. So I, I did do the the required therapy sessions um during separation. And once, you know, once I got out of the, the Navy, once after I finished school for my degree in holistic nutrition, and once I decided to go back for mm-hmm. psychology, I, you know, resumed seeing the therapy. I encourage everyone to see a therapist. By me, right, uh, right, right. by me saying, you know, using my project upbringing, but not going to the VA, I one of the, my biggest things right now is like getting all of my dental work done. Right. So, mm-hmm. and I cracked a joke with the dental assistant the other day. I was like, why as black people, we typically only go to the dentist when it's an emergency, like preventative care and stuff like that. Wasn't really encouraged like by anyone that I knew like around me and stuff like that. So now it's like, I encourage all that like therapy to me is just like having a dentist, having right. a primary physician right. and stuff like that. It's like basic maintenance. Right. And one of the things that I tell people when I see when I, you know, is that I work with healthy people with problems, you know, Mm -hmm. sane people with problems. I don't I don't work with crazy people. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, get that out of your head when you you want to remove that. Right. And that's that's where I was going. Like, I didn't know what depression was, you know, so like I really got out of service and I really start seeing life like like I was saying earlier, like if you really look at the service, if you really strip all the, like the colors away from it, and you really look at mm. what it is, you're really in the hunger games. Like you, mm. like you really are past. You don't have to worry about terrorists or nothing like that. You got to worry about your, your roommate killing you, your wife killing you. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like more to it. I'm like, wow, there's more to this than what meets the eye. And like, you think just because you're 21 and you, this PFC as a, you know, uh, infantryman that mm. you can't branch off and do something else or do something else and do something else. I'm like, there's so many opportunities in it but it's like so many also pitfalls in it like, limits yeah yeah it was it was so fascinating to really see that but yeah i also watched people get destroyed by it you know and then like when i got out i like like i said you don't really use these words as a depression and anything like that until you really are out you're really dealing with your emotions or you're really seeing what emotions really are because in, the, in that world it's kill 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 them all like yeah. you're in this you're kill 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 them all you know what i'm saying that's it that's yeah. all you really know i can i can heal you or i can kill you like right. even now like i know what my limits are like i I would know like like sometimes i forget how strong i am you know mm. uh, because i haven't really I, I haven't really used it i guess so i don't have anything to compare it to anymore so right. like it's it's scary when people jump at like try to scare you ah, i'm like oh 
I'm not, I'm not scaring. I'm stopping myself from knocking you to yeah. like, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. like, like I was stuck in a survival instinct. Like that's what deal yeah. with my anxiety where sometimes I didn't eat or I go days without sleeping because some days like I got that, mm, you'd be all right, man. You, you went to the tree, yeah. you went to the mud, man. You'd be all right. Stay up like a little bit, man. You was up here shooting this, that, man. You'd be all right. Right. You, what you hungry right now? Go eat a sandwich, man. You'd be fine for th- three days. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you yeah. push through a lot. Wait, and I realized, pause. Mm-hmm. You did you say eat a sandwich fine for three days? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if y'all can tell. I'm a big dude. Three days. Okay. So even though I don't eat enough as is, <laughs> I'll eat but, maybe. But, but what I'm trying to say is, you know that moment when you're in the field, you're like, oh man, I got one MRE. I'm gonna right. be here for three I'll days. Eat, I'll still eat three army, and I don't care. They nasty, but I'll eat them. <laughs> that's just how I can, that's well. <laughs> that's just how I dealt with it. That's just how I took that's what I took in a survival instinct. Like I, I can I'm I'm trained water survival training, like I'm fair seer training. Like I can like so when I went through things, traumatic things, I didn't see it as traumatic. I just seen it as that was that sucked. Mm-hmm. You you still alive, you gotta keep pushing. So I, I yeah. kept that mentality through my civilian life, which mm-hmm. led to me having social anxiety with us other people. Like mm-hmm. I, I always felt like I was either too extra or not enough, but then right. it amplified after the service. Cause so I was like, hmm. Right. Mm. But you, I think you, you see the goofy stuff even more, you know? I think the push through narrative is the problem in our community. We've mm-hmm. we've had to push through for centuries. Like that was our survival tactic. Push through, push through. Uh, mm-hmm. you're being murdered, you're being raped, you're being lynched, your family's being sold. Like we have inherited that trauma of push through, push through, push through. And we try to look at our trauma and say, it's okay. It's not trauma. And so we don't even recognize when we are depressed or we are anxious, even if we have the language, even with my background, when I experience depression and anxiety, sometimes I don't even see it myself because I'm so busy telling myself, push through, push through, push yeah. through. Right. Yeah. We, we tell ourselves, Black people as a whole, we tell ourselves that we're just, we're made for this. We're strong. We're right. meant to be strong. No, we've right. been conditioned to be strong because we're mm-hmm. constantly told to push through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Felicia, so um, tell about your story on um, a time that you experienced uh, depression. So I depression started, I've experienced depression for many years, but mm-hmm. the first time I experienced it, I was 10. My dad passed away. So grief mm. freaking depression is like a whole other level. But yeah. I recently, so, you know, COVID really just completely did a lot of yeah. damage for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I was living abroad and where I was living, I was living in the Middle East in a beautiful country, Qatar. But whenever we went on lockdown, they did not play. Like we went on lockdown. Right, right. And yeah, yeah. so- if you were positive for the virus, you had to go into a facility. You weren't like quarantining at home. So that immediately made me super anxious. And I was like, I'm not going outside. I'm not going anywhere because I am not going to a facility. Like I'm right. just not doing that. Yeah. All right. Then that meant I was home. I was alone and home by myself for six whole months. I didn't hug anyone. I didn't see anyone. I didn't get to go home with my family. And initially, I didn't realize that I was going through something. I was working out like a maniac. I was TikToking like nobody's business. I was doing everything. Yeah. And my friend that's a therapist, she kept trying to check in with me and ask, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm good. And she was just kind of like, mm. but it's, it feels like you're not. And I'm like, 
girl, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we fast forward and I go through some medical issues. I had to come back home, got diagnosed with fibromyalgia and wow. everything just kind of hit me. And I still, still was holding on to anxiety. Like mm. it's just, it's anxiety. Yeah, and yeah. I realized, no, actually I still didn't realize it was that yeah. same friend. She said, you know, it's okay that you're taking, they prescribed me um, Cymbalta, which is good for nerve pain, but it's also for depression. Mm-hmm. And she said, it's okay that you're taking Cymbalta because you have depressive symptoms. And I was like, no, I don't. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have depressive symptoms. Again, right, again, right. No, 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 I'm not depressed. And I really had to take a step to say, you know what? And so I'm, I'm writing a book for black women because of all of my experiences and it's words of encouragement and all of that. And so in one of my words of encouragement, I talk about tragedy is just tragedy. And sometimes we are so quick to turn tragedy into triumph and we're so quick to chase, Oh, here's tragedy. What, what am I going to make out of it? Out of it. I'm going to turn this into um, a beautiful thing. My, my struggle is my beautiful struggle. And I had to, use my own words, you know, it's easy for us to pour into other people, but it's hard for us to pour into ourselves. And I had to really look at my words and say, no, like you've experienced quite a lot over the past, you know, six, seven months, you've been dealing with a lot, you know, emotionally, physically, and it's okay to, to call what you're going through depression, anxiety. It's okay for you to do that. So I really had to give myself permission to do it. Um, you know, talk, communicate with my family and friends and go to therapy. And I'm, I'm in therapy now. And it's been so beautiful and so great for me to um, actually experience it because for a while I was still in denial yeah. and saying, oh, I'm pro therapy, but I don't need therapy. You know, I'm, wow. I'm, I yeah, say yeah. everyone go, go to therapy. Yeah. I have a, a counseling background. Yes, but I don't need therapy. I'm fine. Yeah, um, yeah. And therapy has been great for me. Mm, gotcha. I got you. Um, Sandra, what about you? Um, well, I, so I cannot pinpoint a time and, and it's not because um, I haven't been depressed. It's just that I, I, I can't say, yes, I recall a time when I was really low. But what I can right. say is um, I grew up with an alcoholic father. And so mm. what I realized is that what we have, me and my sisters, um, and probably a, a whole load of people, is what we call it's dysthymia, and that is low-grade depression, which means, you know, I don't have real highs and I don't have real lows. I'm just like, is everything is kind of just like, you know, so you can be so excited about something, and I'm like, eh. you know, it's like, you know, oh, you got that promotion, and I'm just like, eh. you know, oh, well, this is, you know, you you did this. Oh, you went, you've been to every continent besides Antarctica, eh, you know? And so it's, it's not a, it's not a, you know, I don't get those highs or those lows. Right. And so, um, because, because when you grow up in a family with addiction, um, Mm. everything is chaos. And so you don't, Mm. you learn to not have a lot of expectations uh, or to, to, uh, damper your expectations because you always are hoping, 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 hoping. So I think that that's part of where that dysthymia comes from. And it's just low grade depression. I don't, I don't get excited about much of anything, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. I guess. So, 
I got you. Um, Ronnie, what about you? I know you were talking hmm. about your Let's time. see. So I would say probably the most significant, like I would say, is like, okay, so the reason why I was separated from uh, the Navy, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, uh, mm. something they called Helen Wills depressive. Mm. And it wasn't, I, I don't really deal with anxiety. I'm more so, I'm very introverted. And because I was kind of a black sheep, my family, even though I grew up in a large family, I I have a people person personality, but I am not a people person. Mm. So anyway, so significant, I would have to say probably was the ending of a relationship. It was a four year relationship mm-hmm. and I'm such a people pleaser. So in that relationship, pretty much all of my identity became about that. I was oh. her man. I was, yeah. you know, making her, everything was about her, like our future, what we're going to do and stuff like that. So when that relationship ended, I lost myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. after four, four years of only worrying about where I fell into her life, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I, did I still, did I want to watch anime? Did I want to binge watch anime? Did, did I still right. want to, uh, finish school and go to medical school and, you know, be a clinical psychologist. Do I I still want to do this? Like, because with her, I want to be perfect husband. I want to be a doctor. I wanted to invest, want to do all that stuff. And I lost your identity. I was crazy. I I would like hear her, her voice in in my sleep. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. So when when I finally did, I would like smell her, hear her voice, you know, like, uh, I'd see her in, in, in a crowd in public. It was like the most stereotypical movie type crap, but it, it was yeah. real and it was wow. so painful. And after a while, I just I really just say like, bro, what is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> and I asked was like, what do you want to do? It's like, what do you want to accomplish? And like, I always told myself as a kid, I wanted to be a modern day superhero and not in the sense of, you know, wearing a cape and flying around, but yeah. I want to be what I needed as a teenager. When I felt so isolated and so alone and I felt like I had nobody in my corner, I want to be that for little black boys and pretty much anyone. It, I want to be that one for anyone. Um, and that starts with mental health. Yeah, it, it starts with showing people it's not where you're from, it's where you're going. Right. So I got my behind in the gym. I started you know, doing more research like about content creation as a whole because I hate the social media generation, but it is very valid. So I started doing that and I I fell in love with myself. And unfortunately, I hate that it was kind of tied with another female, but hey, right. so <laughs> I feel right. like that's a standard. It should be a standard in most relationships, right? You should right. always date someone who you can learn something from. And the, this young lady taught me how to love myself. Yeah. So okay. and here I am today. Gotcha. Coming next week on Spade the Podcast. You said, are we all broken? Yes. But it's also your coping. It's how you take care of yourself. The most important thing that you have to understand is self-care. How do I get through? How do I pull back the layers to understand what it is that I'm experiencing? You don't have to have a therapist. You know who some of the best therapists are? Your cousin. Your sister.